The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good to have you with us. Now, obviously, this is not my office. This is not even a church office. Um, this is my front porch. Uh, so I am today uh, uh, sharing a devotional from our front porch. We'll be in Luke chapter 2 in just a moment. Um, last night, we knew the Nor'easter was coming. It's interesting. When Pastor Trevor was candidating to come be our assistant pastor, I mentioned he came in during a Nor'easter. He never heard the word Nor'easter. He thought we were kind of making it up. And now he's experienced one, or I think a couple by now. So welcome to the Northeast. But um, so last my son, my youngest son, a couple weeks ago, put out flyers for all the different people in the neighborhood saying he would want they could hire him to shovel the snow when it comes down. And, uh, and honestly, I did. I prayed for snow. God, you know, sometimes we care for what you wish for. Right. So I was praying for snow and uh, I wasn't expecting this, though. So. When my son, my 13-year-old son, decided, listen, I'm going to go shovel the snow for the neighbors. It's one thing to shovel snow for neighbors. It's another thing to clean up after or nor'easter. And that's where we find ourselves. What was it? Uh, probably this morning, eight. We did some last night, and we came back again this morning and did it. Got to be, now what, six, seven inches out here, maybe more uh, ice overnight. And so he's got at least two homes he was doing this morning. So I stuck around this morning, took the day off, and decided to help him. And uh, so, and I decided to stay and I'll just do my devotional here. I will say, and my wife thought it was strange. Why are you going outside? We got a beautiful fireplace, Christmas tree. I love these days after the Nor'easter when the storm's clear and you look up and right now, partly cloudy skies, blue skies and, and fr- probably it's so bright behind me. You probably can't even see uh, the snow and the other homes because it's just so bright out there and uh, it's not too cold at the moment, uh, but I, I just enjoy Always enjoyed the calm after the storm. It's just so beautiful, and especially after shoveling the snow, uh, it's all done. Uh, I do enjoy the, that. It's just beautiful out here this morning, in my point of view. And so I hope you're safe. I hope you didn't have any issues in the storm last night. And uh, I'm glad. I, you know, we weren't sure. They kept the news kept telling us around the line when it came to canceling church. And I'm really glad we canceled last night because the stor- storm came in stronger than I expected it to. But uh, so we're glad you're with us this morning. And I think we've had enough time for people to jump on Luke chapter two. I'm going to look at one verse today. It's a verse that I have been kind of considering and referencing in my mind for for the last, ever since we started this devotional in the area of the first coming of Jesus or the first advent or the Christmas story. And it comes down to a verse that I was evaluating this morning, praying about thinking It's Luke chapter two, verse 19. And that verse, it's the same story where the shepherds had just come and they, they, they just told Mary about the angel who had, rep, who had told them about her. And then about the multitude, the, the massive army of angels in the sky. And they came and they, they found her. And, and then she makes this, the, the Bible says this in verse, number, in verse 19, it says, And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So I'm going to take a minute and focus on the two aspects Two words in there that Mary kept these things and that Mary pondered these things. The word kept can give the idea of treasured. When you look back on your past and you look back at this morning, I was watching, you know, as I have a 19-year-old, a 17-year-old, a 13-year-old, and I'm shoveling with my 
my youngest, I think it was last night, my, uh, something popped up in my Facebook feed of old pictures, or my wife posted something of old pictures when my kids were younger. And I look back at what it was like to see Nathan. I think he was 13 at that time, and my kids younger. And when I looked at that, I remember the treasure, you know, how you treasure those experiences. And those are things that they, they often develop who you are. The good and the bad experiences help develop who you are and who you become. Establish your good and bad and, and in your home. And for me to see those, that, you know, I miss it. I really do. I'm excited for where my kids are. Uh, I've mentioned more than once as my kids get ready to kind of leave the home progressively over the next few years. It's a very different stage for us. And I'm excited, hoping we've done enough to prepare them for it. But just excited for that. And, and just so when she says she kept these things, she 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 treasured them. She guarded them is another word for it, where she's going to keep these things as great reminders. And then it says she kept these things and pondered them in her heart. Obviously, the word ponder is not an overly confusing word. It simply means to dwell upon, to think about, to consider. And so Mary was treasuring what just took place and then pondering so much. So let's take a second and consider all of the things that Mary might have been treasuring and pondering. So remember, not that long ago, we talked about the announcement that the angel Gabriel gave to Mary and just told her how she was going to have a child. And obviously all of the things these announcements were going to bring, the potential reproach that people would have on her because she was not married and yet she now was with child. The potential of her husband possibly, uh, or her fiance at that, really at that time, leaving her and sending her away. All these things would have been valid, at least in, in the culture of the day. Um, then they get married and then they, you know, they talk about going down. Now she's got to have a baby in a strange place in a, in a distant place in a different place. And, and all these different things coming through and all that she could happen. And then, to, you know, the baby is Messiah. And so all of these things, why would God choose me? And what, I can't believe this, what an honor and all these things. And so I think one of the things I think at first she ponders is just, she's now seeing in fruition, all the things again, Gabriel had told her. There's a beautiful baby. God had worked it out. Joseph was still with her. They were married. Um, now they watched the shepherds come in and they told about how the angelic host of heaven had announced and worshiped her baby. And they came to see this. They had to come see what they knew to be the Messiah. And I look at this and I think, wow, what I would ponder. I understand the point of just dwelling upon all that God did in that time and was about to do. When you think about it, this is the Messiah. What does it mean? He's going to save his people from their sins and all these things and how her life was going to be different because this was not just an ordinary baby. This was Jesus, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the only begotten son of God. Can you imagine how that must have been like, man, this is God. And we know that God knows all things. You can't hide a thing from your baby. Can you imagine trying to get Christmas presents for him? We know there was no Christmas back in those days, but all of the pressure and obviously God prepared them and graced them for this. But she pondered these things. She treasured the experience of honestly, the birth in this in this stall stable, wherever it was they were in this commonplace where they were. Where they're placing a baby in a manger and realizing that all these things. And I imagine just thinking back, maybe even over the nine months of pregnancy, reading the Old Testament scriptures, maybe to evaluate what God was doing. And now. She's pondering. It's just happening, and it's happening to her, and it's happening through her, and it's happening uh, because of her and she, her willingness to obey and all that God is doing. She's pondering that, and she's keeping it and treasuring this. And obviously, every mother, uh, you know, mothers do this more than dads. We know this, but they they hold on to it. Can I tell you? When I think of all of the good and the bad that God has allowed into my life, 
um, through high school, through elementary to college. And that is saying, I just calculated 20 years. I've been married 22 years now, 20 of those in ministry. Um, three, you know, my son was born nine, uh, 10 months after uh, we went into the ministry. So all of it mostly with our children. And I look at some of the great things God did. I look at some of the lost battles, shall we say, that we had some of the struggles, some of the things we didn't understand why God was doing. And over the years, I ponder, I look back and I wonder, what's God doing? Why would God do this? What can he get from this? And as I get older, it's so much more now that now God, you begin to see the revelation of what God's doing. You begin to see more and more uh, his working and his in his speaking and and his directing in every part of our life. And and as I dwell and ponder on these treasures that God has brought into my life, I can see his hand. Now, it's harder to see his hand right now because you can't. you got to put your trust in him. You've got to trust in the sovereignty of God. And so right now, the events of the day are things you just have to trust. But how do we do that? We do that because we have years, decades of God's provision, of God's moving, of God speaking to us through our devotions, of God speaking to us in church, of God teaching us these things. Uh, we have years and years of this. And when you have these experiences, these events of the day don't carry the weight. They don't carry the fear. They don't carry the frustration that they could because we've placed our trust in God. We understand this. We accept this. And because of that, uh, there's a great certainty, not that things are going to go the way we want to, but they're going to go the way God wants them to. And then God has planned. I imagine one of the things Mary pondered in that place and whether stable stall, cave, uh, one commentator said a common place where you know, if you couldn't find housing, it was an open area, somewhat protected maybe from the rain. There's all kinds of possibilities. Really, All we know is that there was a manger there. It was soon some kind of stable or stall or something that animals were at, a feeding trough. And so while she's there, and really what really matters at that point is a humble birth. And we see this and and what we see is we see that she had to look at all this and ponder all that God is, was doing and how he had fulfilled already so many great promises and how, man, the next few years. And I don't know, maybe she looked ahead at, you know, how, you know, maybe she studied prophecy to what would happen to her son. Maybe she read Psalm 22 and learned about what might happen to Jesus and all of these things and, and all of these things that she went through because God had a plan for her. And uh, we remember her today. And I think some, and I, I say that some religions remember her more than she needs to be. They, they make her divine. They still call them the Virgin Mary. And we know she's not. She had other children. Um, but we do look at the fact that she was a faithful, submissive servant of God. And because of that, that faithful, submissive servant was used mightily. And we still talk about her. I think of another scenario similar to that. Uh, we talk about kind of testimonies. Um, we think of Cain and Abel. There's a passage in Hebrews where it talks about the death of Abel and his just, and he was a just man. It says, he being dead yet speaketh. That even though he died at an early age at the hand of his brother, uh, his testimony was one because he did right before God that even today his testimony still speaks. Even though he's dead, we still reference him. We reference him as someone to be an example of. And Cain is referenced as somebody who really lost his temper. And that's an example of what a great thing God can do that we don't know the influence God can have in us and through us and the different circumstances we can have. And so we, we allow these things to happen. So we ponder what God's done in our past and we treasure those things. And then we ponder what that means for the future. I think of... Um, I was uh, talking to us, one of my uh, neighbors was shoveling her sidewalk and she came out and uh, she's a Christian. She goes to a local church and we were chatting about, uh, some, you know, she brought up some politics and the fear and, and how the current scenario of the world is just going to wake our church up. And she's right. 
that we are in a scenario where it's not going to be easy as it was 10 years ago. And that's okay. Because I mentioned to her as I ponder this, you know what I ponder? So many times, actually, let me say this, every time in scripture where God's church is persecuted and therefore spread abroad, every time the church flourished and grew. So I, you know, I don't, I don't look forward to some of the negatives that might come, and I'm not concerned about it. What I am excited about is I think right now is the amount of new people. We've had 14 new people visit our church in the last few weeks. People joining, talking about joining. You know what I see? I see God's moving. God's working in our church. God's working in our midst. God's working in our lives. You know, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of all these things, God's in control, and it does force us to be even closer to Him. But you know that that forcing us is a strong word because it's a beautiful thing to walk so sweetly with God, to be able to ponder what he's done and what he will do. I tell you, I hope that uh, there are things in your life you can look back and see God's hand moving. I hope there's times that those things will, will let those things remind us of God's sovereignty and how he's still working and allow it to speak to our hearts and encourage us in these times and any time that God brings our way. And I hope it was an encouragement today and a little shorter than normal, but I hope it's an encouragement as we evaluate to treasure the things that God has done, ponder and all that God has done and is doing right now and will do. And all these great truths that we can hold on to. And may we allow these wonderful truths to be the thing that helps us to keep our eyes focused on Jesus as we read in Hebrews. I love you. Thank you for joining me in my front porch this morning. Thank you for joining me on this cold morning. It's really beautiful out, to my opinion, today. And uh, we're so glad that you've taken time to join us as we evaluate another verse in the first Christmas, the first Christmas story, the Advent. And uh, we're glad you're with us. And uh, join us again tomorrow as we will finish off the week together in God's word. And I hope you'll join us Sunday in person. We have, uh, we do not have the mitigated service. We do not have the nine o'clock service. This is the one time we won't have it. So all together, 10 o'clock, it'll also be online. And uh, so we invite you to join us at 10 o'clock in person or online. And uh, there will be no evening service Sunday. And it's uh, we, a week closer to Christmas time. We take a couple of those weeks off. And uh, so we look forward to seeing you tomorrow and again on Sunday, whether in person or online. And we hope you have a great rest of your day, great rest of your week.